Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. On a mission to change the way consumers purchase glasses, GlassesUSA.com was created on one simple belief. Eyewear shouldn't break the bank. It's the smart way to buy glasses. GlassesUSA.com allows consumers to purchase eyewear from the convenience of their own home and offers a wide variety of high-quality frames and lenses at affordable prices and with no risk. And these aren't generic frames. These are brands like Ray-Ban, Oakley, Tom Ford, and Calvin Klein. So head on over to GlassesUSA.com, use promo code ALMIGHTY, that's promo code A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y, and get 55% off any pair of glasses at checkout. Again, GlassesUSA.com, promo code ALMIGHTY. Want to do bad things. That's real, yo. That's real at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is, is something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff said. What country you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? What? English, mother... Do you speak it? Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 445 of the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I am your host, Ryan McCallum, and I'm here today on a Sunday afternoon with your hero, Jose Grijalva. Jose, what's up, man? Uh, nothing. I just got done eating BK, so I'm kind of happy. BK? Burger King? Yeah. yeah. That was the big uh, lunch? That, that That's what delayed you two hours? Oh, uh, absolutely! I had a coupon. It was for uh, obviously, right? That's the only time I go. Of course, you had a coupon. Of course, it, it, it was two Whoppers, two Whopper Juniors, four fries, and four sodas for thirteen dollars. So okay, yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. Uh, well, I'm glad that you're back from that lunch because we're going to spend a little bit of time here talking about the wrap up from the Memphis series. Of course, you know the Spurs take that series four games to two. Um, I don't think that we expected. Uh, quite a long, as long of a series as we got. Uh, but the important thing is the Spurs move on. And, th- and then we're going to spend the second part of the podcast talking about uh, Spurs versus Houston Rockets. Of course, the Rockets winning their series uh, four games to one over the Oklahoma City Thunder and Russell Westbrook. And, and now they're all set uh, to take on the Spurs uh, starting tomorrow, starting Monday. So before we get to that, let's talk about where uh, where we've been. So the the Memphis Grizzlies, man, these guys put up a fight. And I know they're they're somewhat darlings of the NBA, and I say that because they play a different style of ball. They play, you know, it, definitely inside out. Everything's focused around uh, their two big guys, Marcus Sol and, of course, Zebo. Uh, these guys didn't have Tony Allen in that series. So, you know, Kawhi was essentially just able to, uh, you know, run amok uh, in the series, and he really carried it. For San Antonio, which is to be expected, you know, three times during that series, he he set new playoff scoring records for himself. Uh, Kawhi played phenomenally, great on the defensive end, great on the offensive end. Um, not a whole lot of help for him 
in that series. I think that's the story of the series. Uh, no help for him outside of Mr. Tony Parker. So, you know, Jose, talk a little bit, uh, you know, how you saw the series wrapping up. Did it meet your predictions? And then about Tony Parker's play and really the, just the point guard play in general for San Antonio uh, between Patty Mills and Tony Parker, you know, they averaged almost 27 points a game out of the point guard spot. Yeah, and they did phenomenal playing alongside each other, which uh, I was kind of surprised Pop went with that lineup, although I was glad that he went small somewhere to, to try to gain an advantage. I wish he would have gone small with the bigger men uh, and taken Zebo out of the game. But, uh, I mean, a win is a win, right? You can't really complain about that. Uh, I, I was surprised uh, really with how the Memphis bigs just bullied San Antonio around. I mean – I thought LaMarcus, you know, and, and, you know, the guy has a, remember, he had a heart issue. So I don't think he wants to grind, you know, grind it out in the pain and have guys bully him, him around. So I'm, I, you know, I, I was kind of understanding on that. But, I mean, Powell got uh, bullied by yeah. his older brother and by uh, Zach Randolph. I was really surprised how well Marcus all can shoot from the three. Uh, yeah. I, I think the announcer said that he didn't really take that many shots in the regular season, but, I mean, he was shooting them in rhythm, like if he was practicing every day. So that that really surprised me. That's going to raise his stock. Uh, the, you know, really the bad thing is now with uh, Memphis, with their cap situation, uh, especially that Chandler Parsons contract, they're really not in a situation to, you know, uh, evolve or get better. They're really going to stay the same or get worse. Uh, so you kind of feel bad about uh, the Grizzlies in that respect. Uh, but Tony Parker, I was, you know, I was one of the people that sort of got down on him. I didn't mm -hmm. think he could put up this this performance, but I think he came up, you know, in this situation the way he was supposed to, the way I think we all were hoping he would. Mainly because, you know, I've been, I, I you know, I'm on Twitter all the time, right, and I'm on Facebook, so I, I've had. I've seen that fans have been saying, you know, he's back to being the old Tony Parker that everybody who doubted him is a bunch of haters and yada, yada, yada. You know, this is the Tony Parker of old. We got to remember, this is Tony Parker coming up big as the third option on the team. Right. It's not like he had the offense around him that he was creating for other people. Again, uh, you know, Mike Conley was being guarded by, by Kawhi on one side of the floor. Tony Parker really wasn't, you know, guarding you know, anybody of uh, relevance, I guess you could say, on, on the defensive side. So, I mean, he was resting on defense. He was uh, he was being guarded by somebody who was really guarded by one of the best defenders in the NBA. So, again, he had an advantage there. Coming into the next series, I have my doubts. You know, uh, the Rockets are a taller team. They're a shooting team. They're a quicker team. So, Parker, you know, don't be expecting those games from Tony Parker. Uh, if he brings them, then, I mean, that's great. But, I mean, again, you can't really hide him in that series uh, like they did with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I would agree. If you, they got that kind of performance in the second round, uh, I mean, out of the point guard spot, think if they could do – I know this is a long wish list, but between Parker and Mills, these guys were 22 of 42 from three-point land in that series, right? That's 52% from three-point land. Uh, and I know we're, we're kind of saving the Rockets, but we're sort of bleeding into it right now. But we're, they're going to need that kind of shooting out of that position in the next round. Because remember, Manu Ginobili gave basically nothing during, during this series. Danny Green averaged less than six points per game in this series. Uh, and, and he's not a big time scorer anyway. I mean, he averages eight, you know, almost nine points a game in, uh, in the playoffs. So, but you need some more offense. If they could get that out of Tony Parker, that's an unexpected source. The challenge is going to be, and I guess we might as well just jump right into the Rockets because what's done is done. But you know, the challenge is going to be um, that you said that the Rockets are are bigger, they're stronger. Uh, you can just bet that they're going to put Trevor Ariza on Kawhi. I think. Uh, and we can talk about matchups and, uh, as we go on, but I think that they'll put Trevor Reza on on um, on Kawhi because their best defender is Patrick Beverly, uh, but Patrick Beverly is just too small. I mean, Kawhi would kill him in the post. I, I would post up Kawhi every time if Patrick Beverly was guarding him. Uh, and Pat Beverly's their best defender, but he's just not big enough. So what you what that means is Trevor Reza covers Kawhi, and now you're going to have Patrick Beverly playing the off guard. You know, spot, or you'll have Patrick Beverly taking the point guard spot. And that's just a recipe for disaster. I, I can't see Tony Parker or Patty Mills that you know that uh, that extra backcourt scoring is going to drop off significantly because you're going to have Patrick Beverly guarding you. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and Trevor Reza is no slouch. I mean, he's uh, a former NBA champion with the Lakers. So, you know, he, he helped them out uh, on the defensive end. This is going to be interesting because if Kawhi's being guarded by their best player, where do you put Kawhi since you can't hide Tony Parker? And we'll talk, like you said, we'll talk matchups right now. But uh, it, it's really this series, even though fans are taking, you know, the regular season into account. You know, you can't really do that because the, the teams, even though they scout, they don't really prepare for them like how you do in the playoffs. In the playoffs, you're going to face one opponent. You, I mean, you adjust one way and then you adjust every game after that. In the regular season, it's sort of like, okay, we're going to play the Rockets. James Harden's their guy. They go to pick and rolls. Okay, let's try to neutralize that. But again, in the playoffs, everything is going to be uh, micromanaged. You know, they're, they're going to check everything out. So it's not going to be as easy, especially when, um, you know, just for an example, Pau Gasol had trouble with that pick and roll uh, switch against Memphis. Now you're going to have James Harden on, you know, Pau Gasol on James Harden. That's going to be a worse matchup, uh, So especially when everybody can shoot. It's just going to be interesting, yeah, interesting I, to say the least. Exactly. This is why the second round, I think we're gonna we're gonna have to record often because I can see this changing dramatically from from game to game with all of those adjustments that are going to get made. And we haven't really even talked about the history between these two coaches. Of course, you've got you know long history there with Mike D'Antoni and, and the Phoenix Suns and all those great uh, times that they had to go up against uh, you know Greg Popovich and, and the Spurs in the playoffs in the early uh, and mid aughts. Uh, and they're back at it again. But, I mean, Popovich has just killed uh, Mike D'Antoni's teams in, in the playoffs. Their playoff records aren't uh, head-to-head. It's totally uh, weighted towards Popovich. So, I mean, of course, they've got the coaching edge there. I, I don't know, know if you needed a, a breakdown of wins and losses just to say that you know the Spurs have the superior coach. Houston has the superior uh, lineup uh, head-to-toe, and, and that's I think that's tough. At least that's my opinion. You let me know if you feel that same way, but that's tough to say with you know, when you have the Spurs who are loaded with you know future Hall of Famers there, and, and uh, Kawhi, Pau Gasol, of course, being a future Hall of Famer, and then Tony and Manu. It's, it, it just heads to toe, head-to-toe, I think, um, that, uh, that Houston's got a better lineup, so the Spurs are going to have to play out of their minds uh, I think to hang in this in this lineup. Now let's talk a little bit about um, matchups, and, and let's kind of start from the inside out, if if you will, because we'll we'll get to like James Harden and, and Kawhi, you know, sort of at the at the end of our little our, our little go around of the of the matchups. But you know, if I look in the paint, um, Houston in that last series, I think had incredible post play, especially for them. And this is a team whose you know backcourt rules the roost, and and their backcourt scored 77 points per game uh, in, in the series against Oklahoma City. Uh, so that's 40 points for their front court per game because they averaged about 100 and was 112, something like that per game uh, so far in the playoffs. But their, their post play, I mean, think of these players. Clint Capella, who's you know raw but super athletic. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Nene it brings that athleticism. Now, I mean, he's older than dirt, but... You know the dude can still move, uh, and he's huge, and so I, th- I think that Nene is going to cause some problems, especially if if it's Nene v Pau Gasol in that second um, in that second uh, tier, right? So the when the backups get in, hey, what do you think about the front court play? How how is uh, San Antonio going to take it to Houston in the front court? I mean, how does San Antonio win that? Uh, <laughs> I, I, again, it, it's very tricky because at least in the last series, you kind of it, – it it wasn't even, but they could neutralize themselves, I guess you could say. Like the Spurs, they had that shooting lineup that could stretch the floor for them, uh, you know, for example. But, I mean, it wasn't that great of an advantage because the Grizzlies could have matched them up in, un, in, in another place. But, you know, with this series – Really, the weaknesses and the strengths are magnified. So basically, you're, you're, you, who has the bigger strength? Is it going to be uh, uh, San Antonio with their height, or is it going to be uh, really uh, Houston with their speed? Uh, as you were saying, um, Nene, what's his last name? He has a last name, right? Hilario, I think. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I always forget he well, has a last name. That's some research, man. That's some no, research. I, rem- I, I just remember from a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. <laughs> Uh, that, yeah. So, I mean, I think he could cause trouble. He's, he's really one dimensional, you know, he, he's sort of like, 
uh, just that uh, if I had to compare him to somebody, sort of like that Malik Rose type, but a little bit taller. Yeah. You know, if he takes it in there, he's going to take it in there and and just, you know, put all his strength into whatever he's going to throw down. Uh, again, that could cause trouble for uh, Pau Gasol, who's not really the strongest guy. Might not cause that much trouble for a uh, Dwayne Dedman, but again, he lost his minutes and he lost his starting spot last uh, last year. So I don't know where Pop's going to go with that. Uh, I'd like to see him start. I think he would really help neutralize Dwayne him Dedman, with the shot block. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, but uh, as far as those those two, I think. And they will cause Pau Gasol to have trouble. I don't know if it'll be the other way around. You know, if Pau can neutralize him on the offensive end. So I, I would really take Nene in that. And if it's Pau and Nene, I would take Nene. If it's Nene or Deadman, I would take Deadman. Yeah, I, and I think um, what you're going to see. I mean, of course, I think Pau's going to play significant minutes. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, right? So, but but Deadman, I agree with you. You know, the Spurs are a much. I think they're like 95, per, or they have like a 95 defensive rating with Deadman. But then on the other side. You know they have a superior offensive rating with Powell uh, when he starts. I, I think I would go in with Deadman because you're going to have to match that athleticism. And remember, I mean, Nene's not the starter. It's Clint Capella who's you know big and uh, fast and super athletic. Um, Clint Capella is going to cause problems. Now, I mean, these guys. Let me put it this way. I mean, I mean I'm not. I'm not scared. You're not going to win the series by beating Houston's front court, right? But you can absolutely lose the series if Houston's front court beats you up, right? Because if you're letting, you know, Nene scored 13 points a game in that last uh, series against uh, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, right? So if you're giving up 13 to Nene, right, and you're giving up 10 points to Clint Capella, and they're doing tip backs and they're getting, you know, involved in just athletic play, dude, the Spurs can lose the series just by letting those guys run amok. So I think you're going to see. I think it's, you're going to force Popovich's hand is going to get forced to play, um, you know, small ball with David Lee because of his athleticism, and he's going to have to go with a you know unproven Dwayne Dedman, uh, and, and that's kind of scary offensively, right? So you're you know, with when you're talking about having to score, you know, uh, straight up against James Harden and all of those shooters, right? So you're taking Powell's offense off the court just to have to deal with the front court of Houston. So I mean you're re- you're just asking everybody else to step up. I mean San Antonio's not going to win if if the Houston front court do, you know does what we're sitting here saying that they could do uh, from an offensive pers- uh, perspective and just being pesky and maybe getting you know a combined twenty points between Capella and Nene. Uh, they're not going to win that uh, that series. That's just too much because they don't have the scoring. They don't have the offense. Uh, to really take it to Houston because Houston's going to score you know 120 points a game you know unless they do something funny with James Harden you know do something real tricky with them that's a tough one man this is a, such a a, a good series. I mean this is, we're so lucky to see this series and you know I, I thought just I'm kind of going off on a tangent here as you can tell but you know how I've said it feels like Houston I'm, I'm sorry it feels like San Antonio plays Memphis every playoffs and it, it Kind of is true. It's like four times in the past six years, I think, they've met in the playoffs. Do you know the last time that Houston and San Antonio played was the on the, the Rockets? Yeah, it was on the Rockets championship run, uh, you know, where Olajuwon did all that to, to David Robinson. Dude, that was 22 years ago was the last time they met in the playoffs. That That's just unbelievable. You would have thought they would have run into each other since then, right? But, I mean, Houston's been bad for a long time, right, between their championship run and till just as of late well well they've been i wouldn't say bad they they've been mediocre mm-hmm. where i mean san antonio's always had at least you know the top one of the top three seeds and houston's been in the middle mm-hmm. and remember t-mac couldn't get them past the first round so uh they were i mean during that era they were really not going to meet so uh again this is when houston uh, they've they're revived again are we going to see the beard shake yeah right yeah I, maybe i mean he's got that herky-jerky style I mean, that's gonna be a tough one you know, uh, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about James Harden. What are what are the Spurs going to have to do to neutralize James Harden? And I mean, don't you think Danny Green's the guy who gets the draw, right? I like how you first you went into the front court and then you didn't even talk about the back court. Uh, um, well, we're getting there. We'll get there one at a time. Is it Danny Green? Would I have Danny Green on him? I absolutely. I think mm-hmm. uh, just because. Uh, you know, you don't want Kawhi to play at two two sides of the floor because you know James Harden is not going to guard Kawhi. Uh, Harden's probably going to guard Tony Parker, where again, 
that or maybe even Danny Green. You, you don't know. So again, whoever Harden guards, that's where you I kind of want to go to on the offensive end. But on the defensive end, uh, I don't know if you remember the Spurs did this, uh, and it was against Golden State a few years ago. Like I want to say three years ago or two years ago, where they really would switch defenders on him. Uh, Tony Parker would get him maybe two possessions, and then after that it would be Danny Green, and then after that it, it would be Kawhi, and they would sort of blitz him to try to make him uncomfortable. Uh, I would try, I would sort of try that uh, just to make him feel uncomfortable, uh, to you know, to change the matchups, to change the switches, uh, and see what works. I mean, if you go Danny Green the whole time, if they find some way to, you know, to get around him on the de- defensive end, uh, you can't really change that, and you don't want to put Parker on him, so. And at the same time, I think it would keep them fresh. It would keep Danny Green fresh because he's guarding uh, uh, Harden a, a little bit. Uh, with Parker, again, you put Parker on Harden, even if you offer help, Harden's going to take that matchup. Even if he knows that the help's coming and he's going to have to throw up the shot, he, he'll take that matchup any day. And I think it, it will keep Kawhi from getting bored. I've noticed that a couple of in a couple of games where he's guarding maybe the fourth option or a guy who can't shoot or create his own shot, and he just gets bored out there. He just stares at the ball, and the guy takes a back screen or a back cut, and he scores for an easy layup. He gets lost. So I hope they, they change it around. So, again, so Houston could be on their toes and not be too comfortable out there. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would put. I, I like where you're thinking. Where they're, you know, just switching various players throughout the game of, of different sizes onto James Harden and just keep making him uncomfortable. I, I know they're going to end up at some point having to put Parker on Harden. Um, and as you said, Harden's going to take that. I'd almost rather put Parker on somebody else. And then every time that the point guard. Uh, for the Spurs is Patty Mills on the court. I'd rather have Patty play James Harden and just give him a different look. Just get really aggressive, um, you know, like he has in years past, and just give him a, a different look and maybe agitate him early in the in the game. I, I think that I mean, once Harden gets his rhythm, and, and I mean, what are we talking as a realistic win? You know, if they could keep Harden to thirty points, you know, twenty five thirty points, that's a win um, for San Antonio. I think you've got to mix in Patty Mills there. I think just Parker. As great as he was offensively in this last series, I mean, he was no slouch defensively either, which was just awesome to see. But I don't think you can depend. I, I just think everybody settles back to the mean, right? And and Parker's not a good defensive player, and I think that he's, you know, going to be overly exposed. I, what do you think about putting Patty Mills on him from time to time? Uh, either one, I don't think it matters. The problem with Patty is he gets. A little bit too hand happy, yeah. you know, when he guards somebody like that. So he's gonna try to go for the steal. Uh, Parker, I think he's more conservative, and I and I don't really think that's a good thing, you know, where he just waits to see where he's gonna go. I think they need some pressure uh, on Harden. So I, I think it's really in between what what both of them bring. Uh, I wouldn't mind it uh, because really, like, like we've said, if you put one of those guys on him. He's going to try to take the game over, which wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, if he goes for 40 points and only shoots 20%, I you live with that. So uh, I, 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 would, I wouldn't really mind it too much if, if they try to if they really put the smaller guy on him just so he could try to take over. So do you think that Kawhi is going to – I mean, who's he covering? I know you, you, mentioned, uh, uh, you mentioned this in passing, but you didn't really give a name. I mean, who's Kawhi going to primarily be responsible for uh, defensively? Could you see uh, him just sitting out there on Ryan Anderson? Well, I mean, th- that would be interesting because I, I was just thinking about may, what, what if Pop goes small in this series? It wouldn't be a bad thing because now, uh, in in reality, what are you going to do? Try to switch, try to pick and roll against Kawhi at the four? Mm-hmm. That would just move him back to Harden, right. which would be interesting, you know, if they try to do something like that. Um, I, I don't think he'd be on Ryan Anderson. I think you have to keep you know, somebody in the paint. That That's the whole reason why they have Ryan Anderson outside of there. But maybe on Trevor Ariza, you know, play him at arm's length, which with Kawhi's long arms, he would probably be in the paint, you know, or, right. you know, be in good help position. Uh, because, I mean, that's a guy that you really want to try to take over the game if he thinks he needs to attack. I mean, if you put Parker on him and he tries to post up Parker, you're going to live with that over um, – you know, trying to have Harden take over the game or Capella, you know, or Nene trying to get a pass uh, in the paint against Parker. And again, those types of mismatches throws, they, they really throw teams off, not only professionally, but also like, you know, even in pickup games, you know, uh, again, try to mismatch, you know, uh, a smaller guy on a big, on a bigger guy. And the bigger guy is not really that good of an offensive player. 
those guys will tell him, you got the mismatch. You go, go ahead and take it. And they'll force it and force it and force it, uh, you know, even if it doesn't work. So, you know, uh, really, uh, if you remember, the Spurs really tried that years ago with Parker when they would put uh, Parker like on, uh, you know, when they would put Bowen on Nash against D'Antoni teams. Mm-hmm. You know, Parker would be on a Sean Marion and they would try to go sometimes to a Sean Marion or uh, – Raja Bell or you know whoever they would try to you know take that matchup if you remember uh, in 07 that that's what really doomed them when, when Pop would go and and put Michael Finley on uh, Boris Diaw remember because they would run a run and gun but Boris Diaw had the mismatch everybody gets cold again a, a mismatch like that if they try to take over if they try to take advantage of that mismatch it'll it'll have guys like Eric Gordon or James Harden or Trevor Reza who or whoever doesn't you know whoever's just waiting around they'll go cold at some point so that's kind of what you want also so I mean it, it just depends on what pop wants to do I wouldn't mind you know all these situations I I wouldn't be surprised if he tries all these situations yeah. just to keep them off balance. Just keep them guessing. And, you know, I, the Spurs, they're supposed to have, you know, one of the better benches in the NBA, right? They're supposed to be one of the deepest. And you didn't really get to see that in this last series. Now, I mean, while minutes were sort of spread around, I mean, it was the Kawhi Leonard show and supplemented by Tony Parker, uh, you know, from time to time. And, and what's amazing about Tony Parker's average 17 points in that last series, and he you know, threw up a goose egg, you know, in that game three, right? So I mean, that's pretty amazing to to still average uh, seventeen for the series. Um, but I I think in this series, especially because I think they're going to have to go small uh, just to handle all of the shooters that uh, that Houston has. I think you're going to see a lot of Bertans, and that's interesting. I think that you're. I hate to say this, but I think you're going to see a lot of Kyle Anderson in this series. You're going to see those guys mature. Um, and what's great is that you can spell some minutes for Kawhi that way, you know, cause I mean, James Harden sits a bunch, you know, he's, he gets to go in, in, in waves because they have Lou Williams. They've got Eric Gordon that can still score, uh, in bunches. Right. So you'll see stretches where James Harden gets to sit. Um, and you saw that in the Oklahoma city series against Houston, uh, Kawhi didn't really get an opportunity to sit, you know, for long stretches. I think they're going to be able to get some stretches where, um, uh, you know, they're going to put Bertans in, they'll put Kyle Anderson in, of course, David Lee. You know, everyone's going to get to mix around a little bit. Um, and, and hopefully that length can stick with a guy like Aaron Gordon. I don't know what they do on Lou Williams. I mean, I guess that's Manu's guy, uh, you know, for the for the reserves. But I think you want to have um, you want to have Kawhi and James Harden on the court at the same time, not just because you, you need their point totals to average out, but you just don't want one of those teams to just get in the flow. Like, let me let me put it this way. Like, if, if James Harden, prolific scorer, right, if, if he's on the court uh, and, and Kawhi's not, Houston's going to go on, you know, a 10-0 run through, you know, during that time. And, and it's going to force the Spurs to take a timeout and then put their subs in, and then they're going to have to put in, you know, Kawhi back in the game so that they can do their own little 10-0 run. And so you just don't want to build up the the – you don't want the flow to go Houston's way. You know what I'm saying? So you probably want those two scores on the court at the same time. Yeah, and I wonder I I mean now I'm I'm really thinking how many minutes does Pau get because this is an absolute terrifying series to play Pau Gasol in. It's a tough um, one. He's just so yeah. slow now. He's looking slower and slower as the as the season goes on. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind him against the Warriors because I think he would bring something against Golden State. But, I mean, these guys are smaller. They're, like how you said, they're stronger and they're quicker. Uh, so I, I, I just don't know where he fits. I wonder if Pop, if Pop, you know, sort of, you know, doesn't give him a lot of minutes and brings Deadman and they go small, like how you were saying. They bring a Bertans. But, I mean, Bertans really show he was really shaky in that series against oh, yeah. Memphis. So I don't know how well he would do in the next series against Houston, especially with the ruckus Houston crowd, you know, if they uh, decide to go with him in an away game, uh, it, it's going to be tough. You know, I would not be surprised if Powell does, you know, if he would average at least 10 minutes per game to be safe, but I, I just can't see him. He, he He's, he'll make shots, but it, it's not going to, uh, it's not going to justify, you know, the eight points he makes or he scores, uh, giving up eight or ten, you know, in the process. So uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's talk about Manu real quick. Um, what does Manu have to do in this series? I mean, he didn't really do anything in that last series. I mean, it was horrible. Like I've never. I think it was in the, through four games and he hadn't scored at all. I mean, zero. How is that? <laughs> I mean, that's incredible in its own right. That's almost impossible to do. 
but talk about what Manu's got to do, or, or if he has to do anything at all uh, against Houston. I mean, do the Spurs need Manu to do well to come out of out of Houston with uh, with a series win? Uh, just make shots, uh, you know, or uh, defend. I don't know if he'll guard Harden at some point. That's really great uh, advice, by the way. Just make just shots make, or defend. Just make shots. Yeah, <laughs> just do something. That's, that's what year. I tell my kids out there. Just do something. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to see you standing around doing nothing. So, um, I, I, again, it, the defense with Houston, it's not going to be as tough or as strong or as you know, uh, it's not going to hurt when he drives as much. Mm-hmm. So he he might be a little bit more Manu than he was in the last series. I mean, you don't want to drive against Zebo or you don't want to drive against uh, Marcus Gasol. So uh, it, I, I think he'll do more. Uh, I don't think he'll average, you know, 10 points a game even. But I think he might give the Spurs a solid eight points per game this series with really good defense. I think Pop might just put him on Harden. Uh, try to get some charge calls on him. You know, Manu does a really good job of acting out there. Uh, I don't even, I, I don't even know if it's considered acting at his age, right? It, it, it has to hurt a little bit more. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I think he'll be more productive, at, and I think it'll show more, especially if he's on Harden, uh, to uh, it, with the reserves in. So the the, the Rockets part of the. Uh, you know the way that their team has been constructed, and the way that man uh, that D'Antoni forces the offense is to shoot a bunch of threes. Uh, they were horrible uh, from three point land. Ryan Anderson was bad in that first series. Uh, James Harden was mediocre from three point land uh, in that first series against Oklahoma City. Again, in this theme of returning to the mean, you can expect um, you know the Rockets to to start bombing it, you know, uh, from three-point land. If you're San Antonio, do you try to go? Because they're a good three-point shooting team, too. I mean, like we just talked about that at, at the start of the show, between Patty Mills and Tony Parker in that first series, they were shooting 50% uh, from the point guard spot from three-point land. Danny Green was not good uh, in that first series, but, I mean, he's a good three-point shooter. Kawhi's turning into just a lights-out three-point shooter. What do, do do the Spurs have to go toe to toe from, or is that dangerous for them to try to go toe to toe from three point land with a team like the Rockets? I think it's dangerous, uh, especially if you get into a drought. They'll just keep shooting, so they might leave, You might be you might blink. Uh, you might just blink and be down twenty one points with, with all the threes they shoot. Uh, I they have to think. Uh, in a way of again, their strength is with their big guys. Their strength is driving in. Their strength is posting guys up. So I think they need to take advantage of that. As far as Houston and their threes, they have to neutralize it some way. I don't think they can play that that Spurs scheme type of man offense. You know, with the help uh, on the baseline this series, I think they're going to have to change it up. Uh, it, mainly because if you play it that way. Uh, you're probably going to have Powell or you're probably going to have Deadman up on top and you can't really have him, you know, leave the paint open or you can't leave a shooter out there. Uh, I, if I'm the Spurs, I would think about maybe like playing a little zone, as weird as that sounds in the NBA. Not a 2-3, obviously, and not even a 3-2. Maybe like a 1-3-1. One, one. Uh, I don't even know if, they, if uh, the NBA has tried a box and one, but I would just try something out of the ordinary to sort of confuse them because these guys are not used to playing that way. At least for a game, throw them off, uh, you know, off, uh, off balance with some type of zone, uh, so you know, so so they won't be comfortable. But I don't think that they can match it, you know, with the threes or even with that man defense. They need to change stuff up. Yeah. Well, let's. Look, I mean, offensively, if you had to pick out of that first round, you know, what was the, you know, the most efficient team in the in the playoffs offensively? Um, I mean, who would you think? I mean, would how far down the list would you have to go before you got to San Antonio? Uh, well, Golden State has to be number one, right? Are you looking at these stats? I am, so I know the answer. So I'm, uh, I'm testing you. Uh, I would say Golden Which State. Is something I do a lot. Is Golden State show. one? Golden State, Golden State. Golden State is not number one. Oh well, probably I, it has to be the Cavs and Golden State, and then San Antonio. I would say. The number one offensive uh, team in terms of uh, efficiency at 116.8 points per 100 possessions are the San Antonio Spurs. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Oh uh, well, obviously, because I thought they were three or four. So you've got a. Uh, so to your point, 
they've got to keep doing what they're doing. That's putting them in the number one slot uh, from an offensive rating perspective, offensive efficiency perspective, right? So keep doing what they're doing. Don't change their style. Don't get too reactive to what Houston's doing. Don't react to Patrick Beverly's games because he's just an agitator, right? I mean, that's why I love him. He's, it's it's kind of like me on this show. That's why I just try to get under your skin, right? But you can't you can't do that if you're Santo. You just have to keep – and they're the team to do it, right? It's calm and collective. It's um, – they're collected, not collective. Calm and collected. It's, uh, it's the style of play that's gotten them, uh, you know, those five titles. Just keep doing what they're doing, and they should be fine. Agree? Yeah, somewhat. But you're a Rockets fan, right? Well, I'm a, I'm so a fan that, of all that's of exactly what team. you want. No, anyway. no, no. Hey, uh, on this no, on this I, show, I'm a Spurs fan. I, I think uh, no, I, I think they need to play that le- that uh, team first basketball. Right. But I do think they need to change something. I, I I don't think regular season. D'Antoni is not a regular season guy as much as people think that he might be. He can adjust to you know other teams offensively, you know from the offensive end, and he'll do that. So I think San Antonio needs to come up with something different. Uh, regular season doesn't matter. I had uh, Spurs fans sass me, and I'll say that you know just uh, so I, I don't want to use the word that's actually in my head. Uh, no, I'll just say annoyed. They they annoyed me uh, again because they put so much stock in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like they were saying, you know, San Antonio should be favored over Golden State because they won the series. Especially you you know I mean uh, hold on. This is great That's audio for the show. Is that a Chihuahua screaming down the road over there? No, did you, did you hear she was crying because she wanted to get out of my room? Um, <laughs> it's my baby. Leave her alone. Um, I forgot. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were putting so much stock in the, in the first game where, you know, really that's a toss-up game. Right. That Spurs and Warriors game. You don't really take too much stock into that. And then the other one, the Spurs won, all those – their superstars set out, right? And one was injured. So, I mean, regular season, nobody puts too much stock in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I, I would say that, you know, Dan Tony doesn't either. Seeing him in Phoenix, he does yeah. – uh, he, he does adjust, but only on the offensive end. He doesn't really care about defense. He'll, he'll study defense for maybe 10 minutes out of the practice. Well, I'll but say that, that's, the same, that's the same for this series. I mean, I, I don't think that San Antonio should put too much into this. I, they won the, the series uh, during the season three games to one uh, over Houston. But the, all of those games were really, really close. Right, and this wasn't the same Houston team. I mean, just getting Corey Brewer off of your team and putting Lou Williams in there makes them, you know, uh, even more scary, right? And and you know, the Spurs they had two early games against Houston, and they who really even knew what the Spurs were going to be this year, right? Because they had so many new parts uh, come in there, and Pau Gasol being, you know, probably one of the most notable of those. Those the rest of the, of the games. They were all six points or less. They were all decided by six points or less. In fact, three of the four were decided by three points or less. It took, you know, uh, Patty Mills there in March to bury a last-second three-pointer to to beat Houston. So it, just because the Spurs have won three out of the four games this year, uh, I mean, come on, that is the playoffs, right? I mean, the the the, the Rockets have, you know, uh, a guy who could be second place in the MVP running, um, uh, you know, at the end of the year. Or still, first, or or first, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's it, jury's still out because uh, not to kind of go on on too much of a rant here, but Russell Westbrook had a really nice series, um, but Kawhi. I just if if you said Russell Westbrook was your was your favorite for the MVP, and I know voting has already been in, and that's that's what's really unfortunate. Is it like voting is already in for the MVP? Um, of the regular season, but as soon as it came playoff time, I mean, Russell Westbrook had good games, but he did he, he wasn't clutch, and he had his team was bad. So it's like you're bad during the regular year or season, or like you're mediocre as a team, uh, good enough to get into the playoffs. And I'm talking about the Thunder, and then you get into the the first round of the playoffs, and aside from one game where it's more of a collapse than a real win, uh, uh, you know, you you basically just got thrown out of the playoffs before it even started. Like, your team was bad, and you weren't clutch. You had a lot of points, a lot of rebounds, a lot of assists, and it didn't really matter. James Harden was not good uh, in that first series, right? Good offensively, but just not the same uh, as he's been in, in uh, you know during the regular season. The guy who had the best first-round series both ways on the court, and this is of any series in, in the playoffs, not just in the, in the West, was Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi had an incredible first-round series, and I'd even argue that he wasn't firing on all cylinders, and he still had a great uh, series. 
So uh, talk about stepping it up when when you need to. You know, Kawhi Leonard. I just said. I mean, he had th- he reset his playoff um, scoring of uh, was a goal record. I was trying to reach for a word there. Record three times in the first round. I mean, Kawhi, if he's an MVP candidate. Man, if, if voting was now instead of a few weeks ago, Kawhi Leonard's the MVP for sure. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And especially you mentioned Westbrook and Harden. I think, again, that's the difference between regular season and playoffs because these guys are now being scouted by the same team, by the same scouts. They're, they're looking at their tendencies, and now they have a whole series to focus on them. With Memphis, I don't think you could have stopped Kawhi unless you maybe had Tony Allen. But at the same time, the way he played, uh, maybe he would have you know, gotten maybe a few more, a few less points per game, but I don't right. think it would have mattered that much uh, the way he was playing. They're not going to announce the MVP until June, right? Until yeah, that until Drake show. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. I, why even have Drake on it? I, I I just don't get why they why the NBA bows down to all these celebrities. You know, like Kevin Hart's everywhere. Drake, if he wants to do something, I mean, what about us? We we don't get a say. <laughs> why should they get a say? I get you it. have your own book, bro. They don't have a book. I don't think that's true. Thanks for plugging the book. Everybody, get out there and buy it. Uh, we're going to do an audible.com. We just have to figure out who's going to read it. Not me. I stutter too much. We need to get Ben Bornstein to read it. I want to see Ben's voice. I, I, want, I want to see you want Ben's to see voice. Did you hear that? Voice. Yeah, I, I, want to hear, I want to hear his voice. I wasn't going to let that go. <laughs> of course not. I caught myself too. Well, let's, um, let's, we're going to, we're going to record after every couple of games during this series, you know, before we start getting to the every game, if they, if, uh, the Spurs make it to that next round. But I want to go through and just get a quick prediction for you or from you for the first game of the series, which is Monday night, eight thirty, I think, because um, they're staggering it with the Eastern Conference. But give me a give me a prediction for that first game, and then uh, and then we'll do a prediction for the series. So, what do you think happens in that first game of the series there in San Antonio tomorrow night? I think they go with the same game plan. I think Houston is ready for that. Uh, I think they'll. Uh, pick and roll and switch Pau Gasol to nauseum, and they'll get points out of that. Uh, LaMarcus, uh, he'll be a little bit passive, I think, at the first game. Kawhi will be Kawhi. I don't think he'll he'll drop down too much. They'll all be tired, obviously, because of that longer series. But uh, I think San Antonio will drop that first game uh, just because I they, they won't really adjust – uh, to the situation. They'll try to play like how they did in the regular season. They'll find out that doesn't work, and then they'll adjust for game two. But I but I think San Antonio loses. Uh, in that first game of the series, I'm glad that uh, that we're doing this because I have San Antonio winning that, that first game of the series. I have basically Kawhi Leonard and James Harden just canceling each other out. I think James will have you know a few more points. Kawhi will have a more complete game. Uh, then, then, which of course, I mean, playing both ways and, and, you know, James Harden's only a one-way player. Um, uh, but I think that essentially they'll cancel each other out from a, a points and offensive productivity, um, perspective. I think that Kawhi is going to be extremely efficient offensively. James Harden's not going to be. Uh, I also think that the key to that first game and the series is LaMarcus Holdridge. And we didn't really talk about him because I was sort of I was hoping that we would get here and I could save this, you know, drop this bomb on you. But I think that Lamarcus Old Lamarcus Aldridge's ability to step out and from twelve feet, if he's on, routinely hit that jumper. I think that's the key to the series because you're going to draw away superior post play from. <laughs> this sucks that we're saying superior post play from a guy like Nene who's forty five years old, uh, and uh, and then. Clint Capella, who's Swiss, so he shouldn't be aggressive. Um, you've got those two guys down there, and we're worried about them. Uh, <laughs> and you've got LaMarcus Aldridge over there, who's supposed to be amazing and a Hall of Famer in Pau Gasol. Uh, it's crazy that we're even thinking that way. But I think that LaMarcus Aldridge, he'll be able to pull out those guys from their position because of his ability to predictably hit that 12-footer. Uh, and I think that the, the that's going to open up lanes, and I think you're going to see a lot of aggressiveness from Tony Parker, Patty Mills. I think they're going to have a throwback Manu uh, because that lane's going to be wide open at times. Uh, I think the Spurs win that first game of uh, of the series. I think they win it pretty big. Well, I'm glad we did this. So uh, I'll see you after game one when I'm right. Is, is that? <laughs> I I guess so. I guess that's what we're both saying. Okay, so that's game one. Now, like, let's just talk about the series in, in general. Um, what's your prediction for the series? Uh, San Antonio in six. 
Since. I think they'll the I think they'll lose that the first game, uh, lose one after that. Uh, they'll re- regain home court, obviously, but uh, I think their adjustments. Uh, well, I think their adjustments are going to be too much for Houston because there's only so much Houston can do. I think Houston can adjust one or two times after San Antonio, especially during the game. But San Antonio will always have the advantage in the paint, and I think that's that's really the one that you that's going to be the more valuable uh, strength and adjustment that they'll have as far as you know having taller guys or uh, protecting the paint. Yeah, I think that uh, San Antonio only goes as far in this series as LaMarcus Holdridge goes just for the reasons that, that I, that I just mentioned. Um, and I don't think that San Antonio can count on LaMarcus Holdridge because they haven't really been able to count on him offensively for the entire year. Uh, and especially in that last series that that was upsetting to say the least. Right. Um, I don't think that you could count on him. And so I think that that makes it go to seven games. I think the Spurs win in seven games. Um, Unfortunately, they just can't really count on, on LaMarcus Soldiers to carry in the way all the way through. So they're going to have to have big games. Uh, doing, doing LaMarcus Soldiers is going to get that little pick and pop. He's going to be great at doing that. He's going to hit the 12-footer. It's going to open up those lanes. But I think that Manu's got to have a throwback, uh, and I think he will. And I think you're going to st- still see aggressive play out of a guy like Patty Mills, and, uh, and that's going to be the difference in this series. So I've got Spurs in seven. You have Spurs in six. Yeah. Mark it down. Uh, and yeah. Uh, but I think, well, I think LaMarcus might be a little bit more uh, more aggressive this series because, I mean, you get beat up by Zebo and Marcus on the first series. You're going to see weaker, yeah. uh, smaller guys. You know, there, there's some there's some positions that are stronger, like Nene. He, he's obviously stronger. But, you know, if, if he can get used to the punishment he got in the first round, the second round should be a lot easier. And then especially going uh, to Golden State. But, you know, I, I hope that if they can – close it out in four or five i would rather obviously have that oh, yeah, uh, sure. because it, you know th- this is an older team especially if they have to play against golden state which it's i mean they're they're really a hybrid of the of the two teams that they would see before mm-hmm. they're strong and they're fast so uh they need to finish it off as soon as possible i hope five but i can easily see six yeah i i agree that it's going to be it should be easier for LaMarcus Aldridge in this series because he's just not going to get beat up. And it's just the style of play. Like you say, I mean, Nene is huge, in great shape, um, but it's just not his style. You know, I mean, Zebo will will hurt you, right? <laughs> which is great, which is why people love it. And Marcus Aldridge is the same way. So uh, he's not going to see that. I just say, I'm just saying that he's he's good for like 12 points a game. 14, Let me ask you 14 this. if you're lucky, right? But it's all going to be the style. He's going to get his 14 but he's going to open up a lane for you know people to, to drive to the bucket. Let me ask you this because I'm going to put you sort of on the spot. Do you? What's the chance that you see that Houston wins the series? I mean, we're, we're kind of biased in this, right? We, we kind of see San Antonio winning. But what does Houston need to do to win the series? Oh, I mean, I have it as seven games, which is basically saying that you know I'm I'm erring on the side of one San Antonio bias and then two San Antonio should win because they're a higher seed. Right. Um, and they, you know, they have the, the four at home. So I'm right there on the fence. I, for Houston to win the series, I think it's as simple as, and this is your word or your phrase, but they have to hit shots. I mean, they were pathetic from, from three point land in this last series. I, I think if they're hitting those threes um, and James Harden is can't, he's doing what he does from an assist game. Uh, assist perspective. I mean, uh, Houston has so many shooters. If they're shooting that three well, um, you know, if they're shooting 35 to 40 percent, which is right in their wheelhouse uh, from three point land, I think San Antonio's got some real problems. I mean, real, real big problems because they just don't have enough defenders to take out those shooters. I mean, you got it's a it's a classic problem here. I mean, because this, they have Danny Green, who's an amazing wing defender, and I was so happy the way that he played in that last series. And then you've got Kawhi, who's you know, all-world and should be the defensive player of the year again. Um, but that's it. I mean, who, who takes Lou Williams? Like, you're going to put Manu on Lou Williams? Who's going to take Eric Gordon? Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I mean, would you put Patty Mills on that? I mean, either one of those guys is going to get uh, in real trouble against those two guys. And they're not even the best offensive player on the team. I, mean, I, I just think that if, if Houston, their shooters are hitting those shots to complement James Harden, who's going to get 30 and, and cancel out Kawhi, I think I got a real problem. 
Yeah, the one thing that I, I would watch out for is that that would swing in Houston's favor is how San Antonio tends to protect the paint in that, you know, a, a lot of the times, especially when Tony Parker's in the paint or Danny Green, they'll just try to swipe at it and it's an easy and one. I think they need to get some a little bit physical with Harden. Mm -hmm. Not saying hurt the guy, but yeah. I mean oh, yeah. hard foul. Who's your guy you know, to do that? Uh, uh, I think Deadman can do that. Uh, Bertans only has nine fingers, so I think he can do that. I don't. I I think that's you. Where, where's he from? Uh, I have, uh, Lithu Lithuania. Right? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where that is on the map. So, uh, it's somewhere, I might be making I, that up. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I bet they. I, I bet they eat cereal. You know, nails with milk as right. cereal. You know that that that's how. So, uh, oh, your guy, your guy, you're missing him. The guy, the guy that's gonna do it is gonna be David Lee. Oh, probably. He's uh, and I hope check the hell out of James Hart, a la Robert Ory. Watch. I, I hope so. Uh, and I, of course, I'm not saying that I hope Harding gets hurt. Right. But I mean, it, it has to be those hard fouls. I would maybe I would like to see Dejounte Murray in this series. Yeah. Uh, just get a little bit more minutes, especially you know, get, get those minutes, minutes over. Right. Yeah, over um, Jonathan Simmons, over Kyle Anderson, because these guys again, they're they're strong, but they're not. Uh, you know, physical. So I, with the exception, of course, of Nene. So uh, I think his length would help, especially maybe against Harden. He has some fouls to throw out there. Mm -hmm. But again, they, they really have to make those fouls count. If they don't, uh, it's just going to be easy points. And those, the Rockets are just going to get riled up. And I think they'll, they'll take the series if San Antonio doesn't get somewhat physical with them. I agree. Man, this is the series of the playoffs, certainly so far. Uh, and, and I think it would be for the entire run. I mean, this is going to be a great series. I, I can't wait to just get all locked in. I'm getting jazzed about this, man. It's like I'm waiting for WrestleMania to start or something. I'm so excited about this week. This is going to be an awesome week. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> okay. I love your energy. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us at Twitter, on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I am at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Um, head on over to ProjectSpurs.com. Track that all week long. Uh, full coverage of the playoffs, full coverage of the Spurs at ProjectSpurs.com. Jose, thank you so much, man. And to you listeners, you're welcome.